Good morning. I'm sure there's more people out there than that. Good morning. Thank you. That's awesome. You guys look great. Welcome to those that are online this morning. We're thankful that you're able to join us that way. Christina already uh, pointed out uh, just our appreciation for Ted and Mia. It's a day like today that we get to appreciate the great gifts that they are to the body. And today, Mia's expertise of organization and event planning. And uh, so if you get a chance to see her, just absolutely give her, yeah, now's good. And if you see her, give her a personal thank you. Just an amazing couple that labor endlessly here at Harvest, make Harvest what it is. We love that. I want to read from Ephesians chapter 2, beginning uh, verse 19. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. Say home. I'm going to emphasize some words here, get you to say them with me, and then hopefully we'll pull them together this morning as I believe is this third installment of Together, there's something really important the Lord wants to talk to us about. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here. Isn't that good news? That when we talk about church and God says everybody belongs. Say everybody. Say belong. Today, if you're here and that's been a struggle in your life, feeling like you belong or you're accepted or you've been uh, made to feel like you belong, God wants you to know that you belong here. And he is talking, not just kind of randomly, uh, Paul to the Apostle Paul to the Ephesian church, but it's being recorded for here at Harvest Church this morning. You're not here by accident today. With as much right to the name Christian as anyone, God is building a home. Now, we're going to talk about the house of God today and God's eternal plan. We've been talking about that. And I love how Peterson says it, that God is building not a house, but he's building a home. And that's important. He's using us, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation. And now he's using you. Now he's using you. Thank you. Thank you. He used the apostles and prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you, fitting, say fitting. That's an important word today, that God is fitting you in brick by brick and stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. This is together part three, say together. So we're together because of Jesus, that's clear. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home. And I love that 
the emphasis because I believe that's what God's doing in this day is we've been talking about the eternal plan of God. There isn't another plan. God doesn't have a plan B at the end of the age where he's going to do something different than church. Uh, God's plan A, as we read it and studied it, that his eternal plan, which means it was before time began, it will be after time stops. It's the eternal plan that God would have a people called his church. And so his church is neither male nor female nor Jew nor Gentile, but we're one in Christ Jesus. And so he's building in this last hours that we're living in, uh, he's building his church. Now, we use the word revival today, and I don't mind the word, um, except that revival has a connotation that throughout, um, throughout the centuries, and as we study church history, more, con- more contemporary church history, that there have been some amazing visitations of God um, to his church in different parts of the world. And I've, I've gotten to witness being around um, pastoring now for over 35 years. I've got to witness two major events uh, where God poured out his spirit in a very unique and wonderful way. And, and I would refer to that as a visitation. God visited his church. But what's clear is that God is looking for a place that he can inhabit, where he can live and be at home. And when God lives and is at home, then he doesn't have to visit. He's not a guest in his own house. And so there are principles and concepts that we're gonna, we've been looking at, I want to continue looking at today, that there really is a way for our in, to be intentional and have intentionality about maintaining a sense of God's presence and power uh, in, our, in our gatherings, uh, in our faith community, because that's the plan of God. And so as we kick off uh, this fall season, man, it's just so great to be together. I'm looking forward to getting outside in just a couple minutes. And I do want to give a shout out uh, to Heart of the Family. Christina oversees um, probably one of the premier daycares uh, in Ontario. Um, and yeah, uh, and, uh, and they have an amazing facility that we are uh, going to, our children will really love the splash pads and the playgrounds and different things. So great time today. Hope you'll be able to stay. I've been talking to you about God's intention for together over the last few weeks. And it's, it's not been, it's kind of strategic. Um, we are survivors of the pandemic, and I'm going to put it past tense. And I don't, I, you, you know that I don't talk about it much because I just don't want to give airtime because everybody else has been. But, but I really believe we're on the other side. And if for some reason we're not, don't tell me. I don't want to know. And, and I think that we're survivors, you know, physically, um, if we're still here and, and we're healthy and um, emotionally and spiritually. But no question, as Christina has said, that there's a, a rebuilding, uh, a rebuilding in our lives uh, because of it. And so sir, I want to be more than a survivor. I, I want to be, uh, as the Bible says, more than an overcomer. Um, and, and I think God's building some things in. He's using uh, our, our, the moments in which we're living in to do something great on the earth. He didn't cause it, but he'll definitely come alongside and use what's happening. And so as a pastor, I'm super aware of how the together of our church has been affected. Um, two years of isolation and, and without rehearsing all that, we, we understand. But if we understand God's eternal purpose, this is all that God is about, is, is his church, his people, um, and coming together. And virtual is great, and we use it. We're going to continue using it because it's so fantastic. And those of you that are watching today, um, and we will learn how to do things differently than we've done them before. But nonetheless, understanding what his church is, his people, 
being built together. Say together. And there's a building process. And that's God's eternal purpose. So if that's God's eternal purpose, the one thing he's focusing on, then we need to, as a church, be super intentional about that. I believe every church should be. But working on our together and being intentional about what's kind of been eroded in our together. Not because we've done anything wrong, but because we're surviving and we're rebuilding. And I love how Peterson's paraphrase says that we are people being fitted together to form God's house brick by brick and stone by stone. And Peter, the Apostle Peter, brings it into his book, 1 Peter in the New Testament. He says it this way. You, say me, that's you. Point to the person next to you, see, it means you. Now the person who wasn't your first choice, tell them on the other side, it's you. You belong. You, like living stones, that's going to be important in a moment, living stones are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood. That simply means the, the, the function of the priest in the Old Testament was he was allowed to approach the presence of God. He was allowed to come into God's presence. And so the Bible teaches that in the New Testament, because of Jesus, we all have open access. Isn't that great news that you can come in boldly in the throne of grace, have an audience with God? Uh, uh, the power of the Holy Spirit is ours today to live in, live in us um, to offer spiritual sacrifices, and we did that in praise and worship this morning, acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. At Harvest, we say it this way. We want you to know God, not know about him, but we want you to experience him uh, in, his, uh, in, in, in a way that he makes himself so real to us. He's not far away in heaven. He, he is everywhere at one time, but we can have access to him right here, right now, and know that he's real. And we talk about, when we talk about that, we say the presence of God. So if you hear us, we say, you know, we can sense the presence of God. And, and what, what do you mean by that? Well, as we are priests approaching God, there's a, we have this sense in which as Christ followers, we can, we can uh, experience his felt presence. And we hope that you felt that today uh, in our worship time, because we design our worship time just for that purpose, that someone maybe who's never sensed the presence of God will sense Oftentimes here at Harvest, we'll hear this story where somebody's new and they'll say, I understand why there's Kleenex boxes under the chairs because I, I just emo I get emotional when I'm in the room. What is that? You say, that's the Holy Spirit coming alongside you saying, I love you. I'm for you. I'm so glad you're here today. And, uh, and so uh, we are, we, we here at Harvest, we want to maintain and understand how important it is that God's presence would be with us in every service and that we would know how to cultivate and live in presence day to day as we live when we're not together as a body corporately. So God is building a house where his presence can be on the earth. Jacob, in, in the book of Genesis, has an aha moment as he falls asleep one night. And if you're familiar with the story, Jacob's ladder, he sees a ladder that's touching the earth. It ascends into heaven and there's a portal open in heaven. So there's an open heaven. Say open heaven. When there's an open heaven, heaven's resources, heaven's power, heaven's promises have a way to reach the earth. Otherwise, there's no way, there's a separation between heaven and earth. In the New Testament, Jesus explained that he actually was that ladder. He was the one who came to bridge the gap between heaven and earth. That sinful man could be beneficiaries of the love and the forgiveness of God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. We call it Easter. And so, 
And so Jacob, long before the, the, the Easter event, has this, has this dream, and he sees angels going up and down on the ladder, coming down to earth, going back to heaven, down to earth, back to heaven. And I believe that's a picture of the delivery system of heaven's resources to the earth. And so Jacob wakes up from his dream and has this aha moment, and he says this. The next morning, he got up really early and set the stone headrest or the stone pillow, which I think that's probably why he got up early, because if it had been a comfortable pillow, he would have slept in a little bit. So it's a, I don't know how anybody sleeps on a rock, but he did. The next morning, he got up really early, set his stone, his pillow upright as a memorial pillar. He poured olive oil all over it. He named the place Bethel, which means house of God. He named the place house of God, though the previous name of the nearest village was Luz. Here's what's going on. He has this encounter where he encounters the presence of God, the power of God, the promises. If you read the account, God unfolds his promises. I'm for you and not against you. I'm going to journey with you. I'm a God that wants to bless you and prosper you. I want heaven's resources to reach you, Jacob. And so when he gets up in the morning, he takes a stone, say stone, very important, and he, in Old Testament fashion, anoints it or pours oil on it. And what that symbolized and what we experience in the New Testament is the working of God's Holy Spirit. He's saying God's Holy Spirit's at work here. He's doing something. And in our lives as living stones, when we become born again, God uh, takes up residence in our life. We become a stone with a purpose. Our purpose is to be put into the house of God so that God's house could be a home where he's not visiting, but he's inhabiting. And there is an anointing that's flowing. And Jacob says, this concept, this picture, this everything that's going on is none other than the house of God. So he has an Old Testament revelation of what God's house is to be in the New Testament because of the Christ event. And so local churches are to be places where, the port, where heaven's portal is open, where it's obvious how we access heaven. The message is clear. The experience in the room is clear. Small group uh, function. It's clear that there is a ladder called Jesus. There's a clarity there. But more than that, there are stones that are anointed to house permanently that experience. Are you tracking with me? You got all those parts? All right, let's keep going. Four people said yes, good. Those are the students. They're taking notes. They're jamming this down. Starts with an anointed stone. You receive Jesus. The Holy Spirit touches your life. You're an anointed or a living stone. Corinthians says this. Paul of the Corinthian church. But now God has arranged the parts. We could say arrange the stones equally. God has arranged you, arranged me, everyone in the body according to his plan. Another, um, I chose this version, but in other versions, and you might be reading one that says, he has set you in the body. And the word set is a masonry term of when a bricklayer puts a brick, chooses the brick, it fits right here, puts the mortar around it, sets it in place, and it becomes part of the structure. And what Paul was teaching the Corinthian church, that God has set you at harvest according to his plan. Well, what plan? His eternal plan of what his church is to be in this region, 
of what he has chosen. And there's some great churches in this region. We're not there this morning. And, and they're, they're preaching and they've got mandate and, and, and they have something God wants them to do. But here today, it's important as we focus on harvest because we're saying we're a part of what God's doing. And God has brought me here and, and God has placed me here. And that's what we talk about when you go to step one. And that you get to make that decision and say, is, is this the place that God wants me? We believe if you've been born again here, this is the place God wants you because you've been born here. There's really no questions asked. But you might be transitioning in or uh, for different reasons. Uh, God may be leading you here today because you're, you're already a Christ follower. And you have that sense, God has set me in harvest. Say set. That's important. What does that mean? His eternal plan. Now he's using you, back to our verse in Ephesians, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. So that's what holds us is our commonality uh, of God's love for us, and then we're able to love one another. We see it taking shape day by day. It's a process. Say process. This doesn't happen overnight. It happens over years of being with peoples we're going to look at and talk about. But it can begin because if, if you haven't sensed your place of being set in, God wants to release that to you and have you know that this morning. And we'll keep talking about that here. The holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. All of us built into it. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. And that's what we're looking to build. So this morning as we look at a group of people, we might call it a crowd or a congregation. The congregants have gathered today. And... Uh, if Ikea could sell a house, I'm sure they would. Where's Frank? Where did Frank go? Where are you, Frank? Back here. And uh, he, uh, he works at Ikea, uh, oversees all of their, um, everything, all things Ikea building and, and maintenance and, and all of that. He's just an amazing guy. We love Frank. He was on the bass guitar this morning. And... Uh, and so, Frank, I know that if they had enough warehouse space, and uh, maybe somebody hasn't thought of it yet, but an Ikea house, and you're following where I'm going with this, right? This big box would be craned in on your lot, and you would open it up and find the instructions that make no sense, and then find some flimsy tools that don't work, and you would begin assembling your house, an Ikea house. And that's what a crowd is. It gathers a group of people that they might come under the banner Christian, they might come under Ikea, they come under a banner, and there's an identification. And I think it's an, it's an amazing thing when Christians gather. And I, I was talking to someone just last night, at, and, the, and they were saying uh, how they, they like to go to different churches and see what God's doing. And I think that that's, that's amazing, but we didn't have a chance to finish the conversation. I want to say, have you found a place of being set? Because there's nothing like being set into the house. There's nothing like the longevity and, and, uh, and watching over the years. God began to do things because you allowed him to set you. You didn't fight the mortar. Uh, you didn't jump out of the wall before the mortar set. And you said, that, I, I know that God has set me. And otherwise, we're, it's great building material, two by fours and, and electrical wire. And sometimes, um, you know, you, I don't know. I mean, there has to there's toilets in houses and you might be someone that everybody dumps on and uh, somebody will get that. And maybe God didn't call you for that. Maybe you just need to stop. Anyway, that's another sermon and well, and uh, awkward moment. I know, but electrical wire, plumbing, all of the fixtures, 
that are in the IKEA box. But something begins happening as it's built into a house first, and then it becomes a home. How does that take place? Because it's not a house, let alone a home, until those parts are connected, say connected. All right. So what we're working on in this season, very intentionally, that's why we have name tags on this morning. Talk about that in a second. When we're born again, Jesus sets us where it pleases him. We just read that. He has a plan. He has an eternal plan for what harvest is to be in this region where the portal of heaven is open and what's particular to our supply, what God has supplied us with. And, and we are, each church is unique in what the supply and what they are to offer their region. And God has done that as we are in our 20th year. He's been faithful to that. And we want to continue that in a really, really powerful way. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to kind of pull this together now. Jesus, from whom the whole body, remember he's the cornerstone, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies, according to the effect of working by which every part does its share, causes growth in the body for the edifying of itself in love. So we're joined and knit together. You won't be connected or joined to every person at Harvest. It's just impossible. Now, if you spend enough time, you might know everybody, but you won't be connected. And that's why we would never uh, feel like that's possible. It's not even possible for all of you to be connected to me in a personal, as we're going to talk about different levels of connection. Uh, that's not possible, but we can know one another and, and get to know one another uh, so there are different levels, but connection is when we begin to share our lives in a meaningful way, and we get to know one another in a deeper capacity. And so when we are knit and joined, and the Holy Spirit does this work, at the joint where people are having meaningful community, right at that spot, think of somebody that you have meaningful relationship with at Harvest. The Bible is teaching us that at that spot, there is a potential of supply. Say supply. There's a potential for supply. Right there, because there's a connection, the Holy Spirit power in life, um, the, the principle in the Old Testament in Leviticus, they had rules about how blood was handled. Um, and the idea was that life was in, the phrase in the scripture is life is in the blood. And what it was teaching us is at the connection points that there's, there's Holy Spirit flow through the body of Jesus Christ, through our community called Harvest. If there isn't connection, we can't get heaven's supply of oxygen, nutrients. We can't get it everywhere we need to get it. Because remember, the Bible teaches this is a we, not a me. It's not me and Jesus. That's not where the power of the Holy Spirit is really manifested in a way that it begins affecting regions and cities and countries. It's when we become a community that's connected. So at the connection, and you may have not realized this, but that connection allows supply. Say connection, say supply. Now, if we can start getting people connected all through our community called Harvest, we increase the connections we increase the supply. That's what Paul is teaching. Are you following me? Turn, what? Only one person over here somewhere. Are you following me? Just make it out because otherwise I have to keep going. I have to go back and explain it again. It's super important, I think. So eternal plan, 
We go from a brick to a stone, being set in, and when we're set in, we are connected. That connection produces a supply. All right, just a thought. This is just my thought. Interesting to me, when we talk about the pandemic, we talk about isolation on the, on the human kind of side of it. Economically, there have been a lot of um, um, still working through the economic chaos of what uh, the pandemic cost. And one of the number one, I did a little research. I just had this thought and I go, why? And I began to research this. And one of the number one things that the economy is, is, is working toward right now is our supply chain issue. If you ordered something and they just tell you it's not available, um, you go to get somebody, anybody ordered a new car and they told you it'll take a year before you get it. There's a supply chain. And what that means is manufacturers aren't getting supplied to assemble it. They, in turn, to get the finished product to you, um, this is, there's weaknesses in the supply chain. So whatever happened, the chaos of, of the pandemic broke down economical uh, supply chains that were in existence. So every smart person right now in the, in the economic world is working on how to rebuild the supply chain so this never happens again. That they that because of they wouldn't have known they didn't know that it was so stressed it was so unconnected uh, that there were just kind of main suppliers and main ways of doing this and a lot of people getting rich because they were the only ones supplying and so they've kind of blown that model up because it doesn't work and they're rebuilding it and what what I read was that they're focusing on forming as many networks of connection in the uh, industrial and in, in the manufacturing realm that we have foolproof supply chain. Isn't that interesting? You look at me. No, not actually, Pastor Roy. I don't know what you're talking about. In the natural, in the Bible talks about in the natural, and God uses that to teach us about the spiritual. Well, if we were isolated and we were breaking down connection, then wouldn't it make sense that what the enemy would want to do is stop heaven's supply from reaching earth in the house of God and being supplied to the region because there's churches that are connected. So I'm just suggesting we have a supply chain that we're going to work on. And one of the ways is just talking about it like this and, and realizing that many of us have gotten comfortable being still, we wouldn't say isolated, but we filled our lives with other things. We're still busy, but we're not connected. Am I talking to the right people? It's true, right? So at Harvest, we, it's a process, brick by brick. We're becoming, and we want to really focus on this in the months to come. And we're, we've already put some things into motion. And one of those things, um, just being really practical this morning, what does connection look like? On a very, very basic, basic way, number one, know a face. I want you to become really intentional about looking around on Sunday and seeing people. And when you bump into them in the community, uh, when you go, they go, hey, you go to Harvest. And, uh, and if you don't recognize them, pretend you do. That's what I do sometimes. Just go, yeah, hey, how's it going? Um, and, uh, but we're learning to know a face. Just recognize the people that call themselves hard. We have so, really many, a large percentage uh, um, as we regathered, are people that are new to this community. And my hearts cry, and the leadership of this house, our hearts cry, 
is that you could be connected and we will connect with one another. No a face. Better than that, no a name. And so to be able to call somebody by name, and that's why we made this, it's just a powerful thing to be able to, uh, you, you, hey, they know my name. And this isn't cheers, but we want it to be like that. Where everybody knows your name. You're a tough group today. I just got to say that because that was funny. And, and, and the other one too, that, I mean, that, was, that was good stuff. Know a name. Now that's not deep connection, but it's the beginnings. And the third one, know a story. Where you invite somebody over to your home or together you go somewhere and you just say, I want to know about you. How did, how did you meet Jesus? How'd you get married? And begin to know a story because when you know a story, you begin to understand the journey. And as you begin to connect, your journey and their journey uh, begins a connection point where the supply of heaven can reach others uh, that are around you because of that connection. It's a powerful concept. It's what God is building. I want you to just look at, I want to just talk to you really briefly uh, before we go outside and eat and fiesta and uh, andre, andre. We're speedy when you need them, right? Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, that was funny too. Okay, where's my picture? Picture of my wall. There we go. So I want you to think about the wall called Harvest, the house of God. We're building it into a home. And specifically, there are systems and structures um, that are kind of immovable and rigid. And we believe systems and structures are very important. And that's what helps us be a church. But as well, there has to be this fluidity of the body of Christ that we move and ebb and flow with his Holy Spirit to be able to do what we're called to do. So I'm using the wall analogy because of the stones and we're living stones and we're offering up spiritual. And, and the analogy, rather than the body analogy, I want to use, I just want to use the brick analogy because it works really well. And here's how it works. I'd like you to be intentional in your mind and be thinking, and if you're married, um, you know, talk about with your spouse, uh, how are we doing? Uh, number one, you are that brick. We're set in at harvest. That's probably a good place to even in this season go, let's revisit that. Are we, are we really set here? Has God set us here? It's just a good question to ask. And I'm not afraid of that question because if you were to say, I don't think so, then I want you to be set where God wants you to be set and let the mortar get hard and just, just with everything in you, holy resolve. Now, if you're new today or uh, you're just starting to be a part of what's happening in Harvest, I'm not speaking to you. you you're going to go to step one. We're going to talk to you and, and, and teach you more about these principles. And it, it's a slow process. No one's going to handcuff you. But I'm just talking about people who have been here for a while. And just revisit, am I, am I in the wall? And number, number two, there are three relationships that you should be actively building to be in healthy connection in a church community, in your life for that matter, but in a, in a healthy church community. And first of all, can you identify, do you have a course under you, a group of people that you know you can call on that hold you up, that hold you up? Now, the interesting thing, sometimes when I talk about this, people will tell me they're frustrated. Well, I went to so-and-so and said, will you hold me up? <laughs> That's just weird and creepy. If you're, if you're contacting people and going, will you be a person who will hold me up? Um, these are, these are relationships that will naturally happen. They'll be people that, as we talk, as we're launching small groups today, 
your small group leader. Um, I'll talk in a second, just a couple of environments that we've intentionally created to help this work. But there are probably people that have shown interest sincerely and genuinely, or they've said to you, can I pray for you? Is there anything that I can partner with you in a prayer? And it's up to you to cultivate that. And many of us, I, don't, I want it to be that person. I, I noticed that person. No, God didn't set you there. Look closely around in your journey at Harvest. And, and just if you take stock and just think about it, I guarantee um, if you're on a dream team, which we'll talk about that environment, that your dream team overseer or the person that you just talked to that helps schedule, they actually can be a person that you didn't even realize that are holding you up. And then part two of that is to be able to begin to be vulnerable when you find and identify that that person care, genuinely cares. And there'll probably be a person that goes, hey, what, what do you want to be when you grow up? And they're tapping into the dream of your heart. And you're like, I don't want, yeah, I don't, I, I've never had anybody that really believed in me. And we want Harvest to be a place where you begin to understand there are people that believe in you, believe in your dream, believe in what you want to be tomorrow, believe in and stand with you without God has spoken about your family or spoken about your job or just partner with you and begin to stand with you and go, I'm holding you up, man. I'm standing with you. I'm a part of what's going on in your life. And that could be several minutes a week or that could be you know, just that relationships, but you can build and be intentional. That's an important relationship. One is those that are beside you. These are the relationships you just have fun with. You just have fun with. And uh, whereas that, uh, that, that the person holding you up, as that begins to develop, you'll begin to give them, because you feel comfortable, you'll begin to give them permission to be able to say, wow, I was praying for you. There's, it seems to be like, is there something going on right now that you haven't told me? Oh yeah, I don't, last week. I don't want to bury, I don't want to bury my stinky manna. <laughs> yeah, I could really use some help in an area. But th this, 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 the ones beside you, these are people that, man, you just love having fun with. You know, we are supposed to have fun. <laughs> Do things together. And that won't be everybody. You're, you won't get along with everybody because we have different personalities. My wife is a party animal. She can get along with just about anybody. I'm an introvert. I'm boring. Um, party animals don't, I mean, they're just like, yeah, okay, three-second conversation with you. I'm going over here. And we're different. But introverts like introverts, and introverts actually really like party animals because it draws, it draws that scary part of us out so we can go out and play. And my wife teaches me how to go out and play. And so we need relationships that we're just going and doing stuff and having fun. And then we want you to serve. We want you to learn how to find someone that you're holding up. And again, that can happen very organically. God will set you and you'll just, the Holy Spirit will drop a face or a name. And this happens to me often as, as the pastor, the shepherd of this house where I'm thinking about you. God just drops your face in front of me and I stop what I'm doing. And I go, God, right now, I just pray that you'd be with that person right now. I don't know what's going on, but I know you do. And I just pray you would touch them right now. But you might experience that a little more and a little more and a little more. And then you'll, we'll talk about a small group here as we dismiss. You're in a small group with somebody and you just find yourself gravitated toward, I just want to help this person. I just want to give to you time, finances, perhaps, uh, resources. And, and not in a way of, I'm your instructor. Luke, I am your spiritual father. 
That doesn't fly here. That doesn't fly here. That, that, that's creepy. That's really creepy too. And people will tell you, if you try to get creepy like that, they'll go, ooh, that's creepy. But just genuine, sincere, no strings attached. I love you and I'm, I'm holding you up. I just want to support you. How can I support you? It's by invitation. It's by permission. These three relationships as we move forward, and you take stock. I want everybody to do this, to take, begin taking stock. Our leadership team and our small group leaders are going to be working on this for the next three months because I want to make sure they're connected. Every leader is connected. We're all connected because we need to model and be what we're asking everybody to model and be. So two environments really quickly. One is the dream team. And if you took step one and you said, I'm a part of Harvest, and you're not scheduled for a dream team, you're missing one of the most integral parts of being a part of Harvest. And that is we want everybody to come into the environment of the dream team. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, uh, take step one and we explain it there. And as you're scheduled on the dream team, and we'll take whatever you're willing, if it's one Sunday a month, we're, we're, we're pleased. We're, nobody's judging, nobody's saying you should serve more. But we do encourage people to serve as much as they can because what happens is you become a part of a team and in the team effort of, of, of being, being on, in the Sunday atmosphere, of being all things to people that maybe are new to church. And they, they feel a sense of we want to belong. But the system and the mechanism to make sure that they don't fall through the cracks, that happens on the dream team. It is a, it is a simple and yet many, many motioned pieces that when you're a part of it, you're serving somebody else for the sake of the gospel. And number two, you're working with people that you'll get to know their face, know their name, and know their story. And so it's a great place to begin to make that initial connection. Number two, our second environment and a deeper environment for this to happen. Because you go, I want to, I, I'd like that, but I'd like it a little bit more. Well, do Dream Team and today's our small group launch. Be part of a small group. Well, Pastor, what does that look like? It's about an hour and a half in time length. And uh, some might be a little bit shorter, and some might be a little bit longer, but we suggest an hour and a half is just about perfect. And you'll come together, and you are free um, to speak and share. The small group leader is a facilitator. Uh, if you've ever been a part, you say, what I'm going to describe, people say, is it like support group? Sort of, kind of, but the commonality isn't that we're, uh, you know, the commonality is that we're needy, we need something, but we know what it is, it's Jesus. And so together, we're in groups saying, we're all journeying together, we're all traveling together, and nobody gets to be the person that has it all together, and I will teach you the ways of whatever. But together, we're journeying, and that happens through conversation and sharing. And when you feel safe, you, you tend and you go, wow, yeah, I, I feel like this is, we say it this way, what happens in cells, or excuse me, what happens in small groups stays in small group. And if somebody shares vulnerably, you might share a little bit and you go, wow, I felt really good about that. I think I feel good. I could do that again. Or you're listening. And we take what happens on Sunday and that is not the focus. What we do is the word of God can be applied in like a million zillion different ways because it's the living, living, powerful sword of God. And so we begin with just, you know, hey, like last week, for example, or this week, we talked about relationships. Your small group leader to facilitate a time might say, hey, on Sunday we talked about, you know, relationships. And your small group leader might be vulnerable and say, I realized that I wasn't investing enough in the fun side. And we're talking about how to make space to have more fun in life and get together and laugh with people. How are you guys doing with that? 
and you begin to, to talk. And, and so there's some time where we open up and we get to learn the story. And then there's absolutely a time where we trust the Holy Spirit for the supply because connections are being made in small group. And we, we say, Holy Spirit, we're, we're going to ask you now for supply, supply of healing, supply of a miracle, supply of my, 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 you know, my, my children that I'm believing for and something needs to change or my husband's job or, or my wife's situation and whatever. And we begin to pray and we take time and we're believing the Holy Spirit to do miracles. And then we high five and say, I'll see you next week. We do it on the second, the third, and the fourth Sunday, uh, not Sundays, the second, the third, and the fourth weeks of the month, beginning in October. When you sign up uh, on, the, on the page, the small group leader, you might do it according to day. Um, I'd like you to take a risk this semester. I was a part of a small group system about five years ago, and I went into an intense small group um, just to learn some things and be a part of something, and I didn't know anybody in my group. And uh, we spent three hours together each day. So it was, a, it was an intensive. At the end of that week, uh, of the eight of us that were in the room, a number of us have stayed in contact five years later. Something was forged. And so do I need to know somebody? Not necessarily. It may make you more comfortable. But don't choose a small group just because so-and-so is going or so-and-so leads it. Just kind of go, you know, I, I, I'm going to go on a journey. I want to know some names, know a face, and know some new stories. I want to be a part of that. And so you sign up, and it'll be a day of the week that they meet. And typically it's 7 to like 8.30, and some start 6.30, it's 8. Kind of that time frame. What we are asking is that you would commit to, go to the first one. You can try before you buy. But with signing up, we are limited with the number of small groups we have as we're just rebuilding this and beginning. So I don't want anybody to go, oh, I'll just skip out this year because we're rebuilding and they need seats. No, we need everybody in. We, we, we have enough. But what I'm talking about is commit to the chair you're filling and say, I'm going to do this. And it'll be, we're starting now, it's so October, November, and then December is kind of a little bit, uh, we allow each, each group to kind of decide what they'll do because of Christmas time. Then we're back in January, February, March, April, May, and then we finish in June. And we're believing God for some powerful connections to take place in this season. I'm asking God to increase the supply. I don't know about you. I don't think it's, I don't think our, supp our supply chain is necessarily broken here. I don't necessarily think it's, it's bad, but I know it can be more powerful than it is. How many asked for prayer today in arthritis? And I you see your hands that you receive prayer. And did everybody get healed? Just leave your hand up. You say, yeah, I, I know I, it feels different. I got a healing. Oh, okay. Hey, come on. Let's just thank God for that right now. People that believe. Not by, I know by faith we can do that, but you can actually feel a difference. All right. Those kinds of things will increase. Not because we're praying harder, studying healing more. It's not rocket science. And the church keeps missing. The supply is in the joint. The supply is in the body. The supply is in the love for one another. The supply is that we walk together. The supply is I'm holding somebody up. The supply is somebody's holding me up. The supply is I'm having fun doing this as we go. The supply is his house, his home, and he wants to come and inhabit like he never has before. Come on, stand to your feet. And before we go outside and have fun today, let's worship God. Open the heavens, swing wide the gates, flood every 
service hey so so good well the fun is just beginning we have tacos and lots of fun stuff outside you can go out through these doors but also I have been told there are ponies in the front yard so if you do want to make your way that way you can go out the front doors you can walk around the building but just be aware there's kind of stuff everywhere have an awesome day everybody and we'll see you outside <laughs>